At first, Aoife was caring and always full of life and laughter. But she saw how deeply Lear loved his children, and somehow she grew jealous. Her light heart grew heavy with hate, and she began to practice dark magic. Early one morning, the queen woke the children and led them, sleepy and yawning, to a lonely lake, and sent them into the water to bathe. Swim and play, my dears, she told them, her voice as sweet and thick as honey. The three boys splashed into the water at once, shrieking and shouting, but Fanula hesitated. Swim, the queen commanded, and slowly the girl waded into the water. Fanula watched her stepmother. The Children of Lyr Long ago, when the earth was young and there was always magic in the air, there lived a king named Lyr. Lyr was one of the two Adedanan, the divine race which ruled all over the great green Ireland, and his wife was the eldest daughter of the high king. They were blessed with four children, three sons and a single daughter, Fanula. Fanula was the eldest, and next came Aed, and then the young twins, Fiacra and Khan. The king loved his children more than anything else in the world, and for a while, they were very happy. But soon after the twins were born, the queen sadly died. The king was heartbroken, but the children needed a mother, he felt, and so Lear married again to the high king's second daughter, Aoife. At first, Aoife was caring and always full of life and laughter, but she saw how deeply Lear loved his children, and somehow she grew jealous. Her light heart grew heavy with hate, and she began to practice dark magic. Early one morning, the queen woke the children and led them, sleepy and yawning, to a lonely lake, and sent them into the water to bathe. Swim and play, my dears, she told them, her voice as sweet and thick as honey. The three boys splashed into the water at once, shrieking and shouting. But Fanula hesitated. Swim, the queen commanded. And slowly the girl waded into the water. Fanula watched her stepmother. The warmth suddenly drained from her body as she saw Aoife draw a druid's wand from the folds of her cloak. Raising her arms, the queen began to chant a hypnotic incantation. And she brought the wand down touching the children each in turn upon the brow. In an instant, where Fanula, Fiacra, Aed and Khan had swum, now there floated four beautiful white swans. Children of Lyr, Aoife intoned, I now curse you. You will live as swans for 900 years. You must spend 300 years here on this lake, 300 on the cold, cold Irish sea, and the last 300 on the wild Atlantic Ocean. Children were terrified and beat their wings frantically, begging her to set them free. But the sorceress only laughed. You will never be free until a queen from the south marries a king from the north and you hear the sound of a bell ringing out a new faith. Oh, Aoife, Fanula pleaded with her stepmother, do not be so cruel. Aoife paused, remembering how she had once been a mother to the children 
and her hard heart softened a little. You will be able to sing with your own voices and your song will be the sweetest that the world has ever heard. And with that, the queen fled from the shore. She ran straight to her father, Bow of the Red, mighty king of the Tuatha But the high king was horrified by his daughter's deed. Aoife, my daughter, he boomed. What have you done? And he struck her with his druid's wand. The treacherous queen was transformed into a demon of the air to be tossed on the winds forever. On a stormy night, some say you can still hear her howls. Meanwhile, King Lur searched everywhere for his children. As he came to the lake, the swan children called out his name. Lur heard his children's voices, but saw only four white swans. Then, in a terrible moment, he understood. The king felt tears come to his eyes, and they rolled down his cheeks as he rushed to embrace his children. But without arms, they could not hug him back. Fanula saw the anguish on her father's face, and longing to comfort him, she began to sing. Her brothers joined in, lifting their voices to the skies. Oh, the silver of the moon was in that song. It was softer than any human voice and sweeter than any bird song. As the old king listened to the beautiful music, his broken heart was soothed. Day after day, Lair came back to the lake to listen. All of the Duaday Danon and all of the men of Ireland went to the lake to hear the swan silver song. The wondrous singing of the children of Lair held the people of Ireland entranced for 300 years. But too soon the day came for the swan children to leave their father and their people and to go to the cold, angry Irish sea to fulfil the second period of their exile. The swans flew north. They were never to see their father's face again. The Irish Sea is a stormy stretch of water between Ireland and Scotland. A fierce and freezing sea it was, and oh so lonely. There was no one to listen to their song. There, arctic winds froze their feathers, and they were lashed by icy water, dashed against cruel rocks. One night a terrible storm rolled in. The wind howled and moaned, and the thunderclouds groaned. Lightning tore the sky... The swan children were buffeted and flung apart by wild winds and waves. Only one solitary rock, no bigger than a seal's head, rose above the crashing water. Fanula struggled to that rock and sang out to her brothers until they crawled up to safety. The pounding waves exploded against the rock, drenching them with water, piercing cold, and they had to cling to each other to save from being washed away. But the sister gathered her brothers under her wings and held them close. Khan under her right wing, Fiacra under her left, and the last brother, Aid, laid his head upon her breast. Three hundred years passed slowly in that desolate place, but at last it was time to fulfil the third and final stage of their long enchantment. We must go to the Atlantic, Fanula said to her brothers, but on the way let us fly home and see our father. The swans flew through the night, their wide white wings beating as one and in the pale morning they flew over the land of their childhood and scanned the ground, hoping to catch a glimpse of their father's fort. But where Lair's splendid palace had once stood, there was now nothing but nettles blowing in the breeze. Their father was long since dead. Keening a lament, the swans flew on. At last they came to the shores of the Atlantic Ocean, and there they found a tiny island named Inishglora. Here at long last they rested. 
Once more they felt the gentle kiss of the sun warming their bones. The swans stayed waiting and singing. They sang the old songs they knew from their youth. And all the birds of the land and of the sea flocked to the island to listen, spellbound. It was here that they met the young farmer named Everick, who heard their story and who told it. And so their tale was kept alive, and we tell it still today. They saw no one else for a long, long time, until one day, a man came to the island. This man was a holy man, but he was not of the Danon, for it was almost 900 years since Fanula and her brothers were children. And oh, how things had changed. A new race now ruled the green lands of Ireland. The old gods had gone underground, transformed into the Shida or fairy folk, and faded into myth. This holy man had heard tell of the legend of the children of Lyr. When he heard their enchanting music, he approached them. Do not be afraid, he said, for I will help you. The hermit built a chapel on Inishglara, and the children of Lyr heard the loud, clear sound of a bell ringing, peeling out across the island. At the same time, far away, wedding preparations were being made, for a king from the north was to marry a queen from the south. This queen had also learned of the fabulous swans, and she wanted them for herself. She asked her new husband to go get them for her as a wedding gift, and so he set out to capture them. Of course, the holy man refused him, but the king seized the swans roughly, meaning to drag them away. The moment the king touched the swans, the spell was broken. The swans' plumage fell away, revealing not the radiant forms of the Danon youths from so long ago, but four shriveled and wasted bodies over 900 years old, three aged men and one ancient woman. As the feathers floated to the ground, the last breath of life left their bodies. Bury us together in one grave, Fanula asked, and so it was done. Fanula lay holding her brothers close, with Con on her right and Fiacra on her left, and her last brother Aid laid his head against her breast. And so the children of Lear found peace at last. But the holy man, it is said, sorrowed for them to the end of his days. The End <laughs>